you should never sort of underestimate the network effects. Customers talking good about your product. Happy customers talking good about your product. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Falsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Gustav Berjog, CEO at Jungle Map, and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Gustav. Thank you, Yusuf. Glad to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's sunny outside here, uh, though quite a lot of snow here in Stockholm. But uh, you know, it's always something when it's uh, sunny outside. You get the energy, and uh, and yeah, life feels good. Amazing to hear. And let's jump straight into it. First thing first, what does your company Jungle Map do? Please do the elevator pitch. I will. Uh, Jungle Map is a SaaS company uh, challenging the traditional way of doing learning. You remember that I guess you've been sitting yourself in those quite boring one to two hour compliance driven learning sessions once a year, cybersecurity, privacy, GDPR, all those kind of things. And, and, and you've likely been sort of pushing it to sort of the last possible date when you need to have it done. And we're solving that. Uh, we're breaking down the, these one to two hour sessions into two to three minute short and graspable and digestible uh, lessons every two or three weeks over the year. So, so really making sure that we get these sort of great and high completion rates and that we really get the behavior effect that we're after. Because we're not after that, you know, just getting a check in the box. We're after that we're really changing our people and our team's behaviors. And I know you're doing it well and picking up speed because you have almost had soon 10 million unique all-time people learning in your platform, right? Exactly. We, we have just here during last year passed 7 million users. And uh, of course, we, we are picking up speed. Uh, we are a growth company. I love to listen to stories, Gustav. So now I want to hear the story, how you and why you ended up at Jungle Map and CEO there. I mean, I I I was as as often is when you you you're being you're being approached by by companies and and, and owners uh, for companies who want to do something, and that was exactly what happened here. I I uh, I was approached by by uh, by the owners of of Jungle Map, uh, looked into. Uh, the business and what Jungle Map is doing, uh, and sort of recognize myself in the problem that Jungle Map is solving. I was previously the CEO for Smarter Group, an online comparison group, which were under uh, supervisory from the Swedish FSA, meaning that I am, as a CEO, needed to do a lot of these sort of compliance-driven training every year. And I had a very hard time to find the time doing it because, you know, we are we, we busy, busy agendas all the time. And uh, typically then one to two hours about insurance distribution directives or 
mortgages and so on. And then I saw that Jungle Map actually has a solution for this, not only sort of, you know, delivering it in two to three minute long lessons, but also ensuring that you get that behavioral effect, that you actually remember what you learned. Because, you know, back in my old job, you did the training, you, you got sort of, you know, check in the box. And then a few few weeks later, how much did you remember? Perhaps 20, 30 percent. And, and here is different. So I, I really felt that there's, I could relate to, to what Jungmap is solving. And, and I can really see the benefit in a lot of organizations and, and companies. Uh, and then, of course, the potential in the company. This, you know, been focusing on Sweden and Norway and the Nordics in general. But this could be a global phenomenon, uh, nano-learning, as we called our method. Uh, you know, taking this sort of globally, that, that was sort of made me super interested in this, uh, this journey. Thank you for sharing. It's time to move on into one of the big topics. You know this, Gustav. Uh, my podcast, B2B Socios, is around business development and leadership. So first thing here in business development, let's talk some KPIs. Which KPIs are the most important for you? And please tell me why you have chosen them. I actually want to sort of pick a single out one of them, which I talk a lot about internally at Jungle Map uh, currently. And that's sort of the activation rate in your customer base. Because if you have a high activation rate, that's likely something that shows them that your customers are engaged. Your customers like your product and your customers will renew their license and they will not churn. So that's something we monitor daily, uh, looking into how active are our customers. Because we, if we get sort of a red flag, oh, now uh, customers has not logged into our platform for a couple of weeks time, then we constantly call that customer, email that customer, checking out, is this something a problem? Uh, do you need help? Or trying to sort of reactivate and re-engage that customer. So for me, activity rate is super crucial because it's a predictor of churn. Uh, and of course, bringing in new customers, as we always say, it's five times more expensive to bring in new customers than to actually keep your existing ones. Yeah. So those combination, activity and churn, those are sort of my favorite uh, figures. According from your uh, glasses, when is a customer activated? Is it once they logged in or when basically I'm fishing for when is the aha moment reached? We actually look into two different sort of, uh, I mean, of course, since we are distributing lessons through our platform, it's about do they have a planned lesson coming weeks or coming months? Okay, if they have that, check in the box. They, they have something planned, active. But then it could also be that some customers maybe choose to do, you know, not this continuous training. Maybe they do, uh, you know, every second month or so. Then it's about understanding, you know, is there, you know, the administrator, have they logged in? Have they done any changes? How do they plan something? So to so really understand and see that if also the ones actually handling the platform from the customer perspective, are they on to the platform and engaging in, uh, yeah, in different features and, and, and so on. So it's about sort of from an end user perspective and of course, as sort of the administrator if it's active or not. And since you are partly like, like I'm doing with VAM with messaging, changing behaviors, that, that is hard, that is brutal. When would you say you can lay back and be calm that you actually manage to change the behavior 
with Jungle Map? Is it how many weeks or months do we talk when you see now they they really is sticky? That they, um, I mean, you usually talk about it that you need. I think it is sixty six days in order to change behavior uh, from some sort of the end user perspective. So I think that you need to get. The, the most important thing for me is to make the customer understand that you need to look at learning as a process and not an event. So when we get customers and talk to customers, that's sort of always one of our mantras that you need to look at it as a process and not an event. And when you sort of, you're never done with learning, you're never done with this. So you, even though you've done this a year, you cannot stop the next year because you have the forgetting curve. You will forget about things if you don't repeat it uh, and reflect about it and reinforce the message. So for me, it's sort of that's when I when I'm calm and I know that you know 100% of my customer base have you know a planned uh, you know the lessons for 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 the full year almost and not sort of just one lesson planned for coming month and then nothing. So that's sort of really really important to make sure that they they understand this that this is uh, this is a process and not an event. Makes sense. Thank you. And then uh, now I'm happy here and uh, we move on. We move on to best practices around go-to-market strategies. Since you have been a startup before and now you are a scale-up, can you share some of your best practices for a company going from a startup to a scale-up? I I think that you need to go from sort of maybe not sort of really understanding your sort of uh, product market fit and uh, you need to do your analysis correctly about your target segment and looking into segments where you feel that there's a certain need for your product or that your product is of a very high need and then make sure that uh, that you lean in on a few segments so sort of don't spread yourself too thin. I think that sometimes you know you 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 try to approach the market through a shotgun, where you maybe need to have something more, you know, like a sniper rifle or look upon it. So sort of really understand the customer segments going off, and of course making sure that the segment is big enough so it can meet your sort of business plans in terms of revenue growth. On top of that, I also believe that you should never sort of underestimate the network effects customers talking good about your product, happy customers talking good about your product. And I think we at Jungle Map, we've been having quite a lot of happy customers and that has helped us tremendously over the years. One you know, chief information security officer talking to another chief information security, spreading the word about non-learning and how this is completely different to the traditional way of learning. And then suddenly they contact us. And I think that's sort of, that's a brilliant thing. Uh, From my point of view, what I'm hearing is number one, narrow ICP, no shotgun, go sniper. Once you have that and uh, you see that it fits into the business plan, you go and really give value to those customers you have and grow with them because that's the easiest way. Yes. The last question in the business uh, development segment what do you think is the best way to do cold outreach to you in a modern way to get your attention and get you into a meeting? I mean, you need to stand out often, uh, you know, just get three seconds of my time and then often then put into sort of the uh, the trash of my email inbox. 
So what I think you need to do is to really sort of stand out, understand, you know, if it would have been, what's, what, what could be the things on top of Gustav's agenda uh, currently? I mean, if it's a recession, could likely be cost savings to help me to sort of understand what are the sort of cost drivers within my business. So then, you know, if someone would say, hey, Gustav, you can save uh, 30% on your uh, IT costs, I would listen. But if someone would say, hey, do you want to invest in a new CRM system? Or I would probably be a bit more reluctant. On the other hand, if it would have been sort of a boom, you know, economy growing, then I would definitely listen to sort of how can, you know, I become even more successful driving growth and become more efficient. So, so sort of take the time and really understand who are you talking to. I've been approached by phone uh, in some of the past where I got pretty pretty disappointed when, when someone is calling you and they don't even know your name. They don't even know where you're working. Maybe they say, oh, the, the, the place where I used to work two years ago. Then they haven't done their homework. Uh, so I think that's super important because, you know, I will directly say, sorry, if you don't know, even know my name or where I work, I don't think, you know, we should talk more. Uh, so I think that try to really understand and put yourself in the shoes of your prospect uh, and, and do research. Uh, I mean, on Internet, you, news about the company, uh, have they just uh, won, you know, a super big deal or did you just read that they actually needed to reduce their staff, etc.? Then, of course, and, and draft your message depending on that. And would you say that a video message to you would help me stand out and get your attention if it's the right pitch? If I just, I know for a fact that, uh, that uh, I've been receiving a few of these video emails. Of course, it stands out. So the first criteria stand out. And then, of course, in that uh, video, if you can sort of give a message, uh, you know, where whether you can really prove that you understand jungle map and you know likely what are both opportunities and challenges are then i think it's more likely that i would have the you know take you know an, an intro meeting with you and then you know then you're one step further down in the, the sales funnel yes thanks for great input here it's time to move on to a bit lighter topic can you share a fun fact about yourself that most people don't know about. Yes, I can. And, and I was thinking a bit about this uh, when we were discussing a bit around the interview earlier. Uh, and, and one of the things that people don't know is that I actually, I don't mind karaoke. I like singing. And especially a song called Symphony by Loa Falkman, a, a Swedish uh, singer. So I would say that's a sort of a little secret that I haven't revealed to that many people. So... Don't mind karaoke and in particular then Symphony with Lua Falkman. That is definitely a type of fun fact I'm fishing for when I have this question. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> karaoke. Okay, maybe we will do karaoke sometime in the Why future, Gustav. <laughs> Switching back to business and a bit tougher topic, mistakes. What's the biggest mistake or one of the biggest mistakes you have ever made in business and want to share right now? I mean, I think, first of all, I think it's, you know, it's part of business doing mistake. And I think it's good to, to make mistakes because you learn. But you need to make sure that you don't repeat your mistakes. Uh, I think one, one mistake that I did in my past was I was quite, for quite a long time, I was working within the sort of, at that time, very dynamic telco industry. 
it was a lot of campaigns at that time. You know, we tried to get customers to use mobile data. And can you imagine that people were actually not using mobile data? Now it's sort of part of our daily life. We're, we're using it all the time. But at that time, that was quite new. So we wanted them to our, get our business-to-business customers to start using data uh, and sort of, you know, get the sort of dynamic effect. If you give, get something for free uh, for a while, you start using it and then you grow, you know, your, your, your volumes goes up. And then when you stop the campaign, that sort of behavior continues. And then you can suddenly bill for that and, and earn revenue. The problem was that we didn't market this at all or very limited market. So we basically turned on, you know, I think we sent SMS to our B2B customers saying, hey, you now have free data for some time. But that was not enough. So we didn't get the dynamic effect. Uh, and we basically just lost money, uh, lower revenues. So lesson learned, if you haven't, you know, if you want to change behaviors, like we talked about you in the past, you need to sort of repeat your message and make sure that it goes through and you know really communicate the benefits of your your campaign your value proposition and that I would never do again uh, make sure to do your homework uh, and think about sort of the the risks and uh, potential downsides what, what you just said for like one minute ago with you need to repeat the message over and over again I've heard uh, from uh, strong marketeers that once they started to hate the message when they really are so sick of it then they know no, the market have picked up something at least. Exactly, exactly. We're leaving mistakes and we are entering a topic of your choice because now it's time for me to sip it and don't steer the narrative and just lay back and listen to something you would like to talk about that you are nerdy and passionate about, Gustav, for a few minutes. So what is Gustav's topic of choice? I am actually extremely passionate about 80s music. So the music created during the 80s. And remember, I'm, I'm born in sort of early 80s. So I was very young when this sort of music was actually popular uh, and, and don't remember so much about it. But then, you know, when I got a bit older, I started sort of exploring. Uh, I, think, I, th- I believe that I probably heard, you know, some song and, and sort of liked the energy and the vibes around the 80s songs. And then starting to nerd down into this area and sort of realized that the sort of the, the whole 80s music was, you know, magnificent. Artists that you probably never heard about, uh, sort of, I know about and, and like listening to. Uh, and, you know, for instance, then as a, uh, as a group that I think perhaps people quite, you know, a bit older than, than us know very well, that's Tears for Fears, for instance, uh, and their song, Everybody wants to rule the world, which is a catchy song, which I believe you should listen to, Joseph, when you when you have time. You know, it's something about this 80s music that sort of, you know, uh, and maybe sort of reflecting the sort of, I mean, it was a high growth uh, uh, time and, uh, you know, yuppies and so on. So, so happy, uh, happy life uh, at that time. So uh, if I want to have energy, I listen to 80s music. If... Anybody that's listening to this want to connect with you in a way you are passionate about, bring up 80s music and and uh, do it in a genuine way. And then, then I have your attention then maybe. Put on Eye of the Tiger with Survivor and, you know. Oh, that is my. Wow. Uh, now, now you have me. That is my pump up song for before really important stuff. Good. 
Thank you so much for sharing about your topic, Gustav. 80s music. Now it's time for an, an external question. I let in people from the SaaS communities letting their voice heard with a question. And today it's actually my co-founder, Hampus Persson, who has a question for you. And this is his question. Hi, Gustav. What has been the biggest learning when growing the team at Jungle Map? I think that a very important thing to realize when you're sort of growing a company or you're on a journey and, and often, you know, as a new CEO, when you come in, uh, I mean, I joined Jungle Up one and a half year ago, you often sort of change the strategy, you accelerate going into a direction or you may be cutting down, and but you're doing things differently. And I think you need to really be, be sort of humble about that you cannot sort of assume that your team will know where to run just after presenting the new strategy on an all-star, all-staff meeting. Uh, and so they understand why and where you're, where you're going. You need to actually do what the whole non-learning method is all about. You need to think about repetition, reflection, and reinforcement. And that's the cornerstones in our methodology, non-learning. Uh, and sort of repeat that message. Just like we talked about earlier about marketing, you need to repeat the message uh, and you know let the team reflect over it. What does it mean for them uh, and for us and our customers? And then, of course, reinforcing it again and again and again. So that's sort of my, I think, one of the learns that really sort of continue uh, talking about the strategy, why, where you're going, why you're going, and who's doing what, and do it often. Hampus, thank you for the question. And Gustav, thank you for the input. It's time for leadership, because we are already here. This question from Hampus was obviously a leadership question. And my first go-to, Gustav, in the leadership segment is, it's a straight shooting one. It's maybe hard for you to answer, but I will ask you, are you a good leader? I mean, as you said, it's a hard question. And I think, you know, someone is likely need to be, other than me, need to be the judge of that. But what I can say is that I believe that my sort of passion, my energy and my communication skills have made me sort of end up in roles that, you know, really fun jobs uh, where I had the chance to lead, you know, lead others on a journey. And I believe that's probably a... a uh, uh, probably due to that some people have seen some qualities in me. Um, but I think that that's, uh, I have a few of these things that uh, I believe is good or could help to ignite uh, the energy in, in organizations. And you mentioned communication skill, you mentioned passion. What would you say are your core strengths or even more edgy superpowers? I believe that one... I, I believe that one of my superpowers are that I am a good listener. I sort of like to listen to people and to really try to understand the different viewpoints because I believe I, I don't have the answers to everything. You need to talk to the people who are sitting with these things daily and listen into their different viewpoints. You know, if one per person may be saying, yeah, we should do this or another one. And then it's up to me as then the CEO to sort of anal analyze this in my head and come up with what I believe is the right 
way forward and then decide and make sure that we implement that and, and follow through on them. So I think listening is a super important superpower. Uh, another very important thing is to sort of, of course, decide on the direction. Where are we heading? Uh, and, you know, really making sure that you break down that direction into sort of tangible actions and build that plan, making sure that that plan is super clear and super crisp and everybody knows where we're heading and where we're running. So going from this sort of holistic, maybe we should become the sort of global uh, leader within uh, learning. Well, how are we going to do that? That is a super important part of, of a leader to sort of break that down into sort of tangible actions, making sure that sort of, you know, time framed and you have responsible people and then executing on that plan, following up on it and making sure that it happens. Uh, we switch in focus to bad things, the worst things. What would you say is the worst things about being a leader and how do you tackle it? I, w- I would say if you're sort of an energetic, passionate uh, leader uh, who want to get things done uh, and sort of move the big things, the big the things that has the biggest impact, being bogged down in administration, like uh, approving pay slips, invoices, accounting, planning holidays, all that kind of things often comes sort of, you know, as a part of that job. And it often comes sort of on top of everything else you want to do. And that could be quite frustrating. Uh when, when you sort of really want to sort of focus on the big things and then you need part of your job is actually to make sure that all these things are working. And of course, you need to do that. I mean, that's part of the job. That's part of driving a company that works. But uh, but I think it could be frustrating. On the other hand, the good thing with that is that, and I think it's especially relevant in a scale up. And when you're a CEO, I'm doing everything, you know, everything from HR to uh, pay slips in in our accounting systems and and so on. But you also get this sort of um, more holistic understanding of running a business and everything needs to work in order to sort of, you know, make people happy to to work. Uh, So so I think that's sort of, it's both frustrating. On the other hand, it's important and needs to be taken care of. And that's sort of, I would say the upside is that you actually then learn a lot of new things. And and that's something that I like. Uh, We are wrapping up with the leadership segment. So my last question here to you is, if you have to and need to summarize leadership from your point of view with one word, what would that be? Role model. People do not care what you say, but what you do. And I think you need to start with yourself if you want your team to sort of behave in a certain way be you know more engaged or higher drive you know uh, increasing speed you need to look at yourself first and show them and then things will follow that that's my uh, one liner on that be a role model and we put period there and move into the roundup we only have a few questions left And the first one in the roundup is if you need and would give yourself, Gustav, when you were a younger CEO, one to three top things to think of that you now know that you didn't know, what would you tell yourself? 
It's a very good question. I, I reflect quite a lot and, and, uh, and, and I think this, this is a really good one. You need to remind yourself about this also now when you're a bit older, but do not spread yourself too thin. Make sure to focus on the three things that has the sort of biggest impact. Uh, and I think in the past when you're sort of an ambitious CEO, you want to change so many things at the same time. Uh, and then you end probably you know you end up with sort of doing ten things maybe not as good and, and not really moving the needle instead of really focusing leaning in uh, on those three things that you know really moves your business and your company forward on that journey you're at. That's one. Do you have something more? Yeah, I think it's also a bit connected to the first one, but I think that have the right level of patience. Not everything needs to happen today. Uh, so I think that make sure to build those plans. Plan the work and work the plan is a common expression that we talk about. Uh, and really make sure to start with the most important things first. Yeah, it's very much related to the, the first one. Uh, though I think that sometimes CEOs and especially young CEOs tend to be extremely impatient uh about sort of changing things uh, yes i can really you know feel that in myself and how i was sort of in, in my first ceo job uh, the third and last one uh i have is a um, that you need to have the right person in the right role make sure that you have a leadership team that complements you if you are an impulsive energetic passionate CEO. Maybe you should uh, make sure that you have a little bit boring CFO who is reflective, analytical, holding you back, complimenting you, making sure that you don't run into things uh, too swiftly or too hastily. Uh, that's one thing. And if you're a sales, sales, sales kind of CEO, make sure that you have a process-oriented uh, people in your team who can then make sure that everything you sell is also uh, being taken care of in a good way. So you don't get those problems with sort of unsatisfied customer or, or, or customer churning eventually. So, so complement yourself with people with different skills than you have. That's an important thing. Three really strong ones. We have it. And it's time for the second last question. Which other two B2B socios do you think are interesting, cool, doing great stuff and would like to listen to in B2B socios if I would interview them? I have two names here. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Adam Haslert. He's CEO for a company called Soundation, a SaaS company, uh, making music in an online DAV digital audio workstation so basically creating your own music and collaborating with our others in the cloud uh, that's one uh, autumn hustler ceo foundation and then it's an old study buddy to me i haven't uh, met him for quite some years now but i'm interested in his journey henrik jacobson he's the ceo for haley hr one place for all hr processes thank you for two names And the very last question then, where will Jungle Map be in five years? Yes, I've been thinking this. I'm, I'm dreaming about this, of course, uh, every day, uh, where we're going to be. 
But Jungle Map will no longer be a Nordic player, but an international where we are present all around the globe. E-learning, as we know it today, is long gone and people talk about nano-learning and actually laugh about why we were so foolish seeing learning as a yearly event rather than a continuous process. And for that, if that happens, and which I really hope and I'm going to do everything I can in order to achieve, Jungle Map will be significantly larger company, around 500 employees, uh, and hopefully then also a turnover around a billion Swedish kroner. And how many overall users have you been? If you if you are hitting in a couple of months 10 million, how many users have used Jungle Map? 50 million. And I wish you the best of luck with that, Gustav. And now I'm turning to you quickly who has been listening. Two things. First thing here, if you like what you heard, tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Gustav in B2B Saw CEOs and press the subscription button because I have amazing guests here. And Gustav, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes of your precious time together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you, Yusuf. It was, has been a pleasure talking to you today. Yusuf.